Welcome to What in the World, a project initiated by Hungry for Life International. Today's podcast is titled How We Roll, Fetting International Partners, and Jess will be interviewing Jason Kroll. So grab your headphones, sit back, relax, and listen as they talk about how we roll out assessments and the vetting process for international partners. Hello, and welcome back to another week of the What in the World podcast. Today, we have a repeat guest, guest not guest, who is Jason Kroll our director of international operations. And he is going to talk about how we vet our international partners. So, hi. Hi. <laughs> Do you want to say hello to the camera over there? Thanks for having me on. <laughs> hello, donor group and viewers. Um, so we use this term international partners. And an international partner is somebody overseas in another country that we connect with and partner them with local churches or business groups and um, do projects through them. Do you have a better way of explaining the role of an international partner? Hmm. Our international partners are essentially our agents on the ground, ah, our contractors perfect. who are on the ground. Yeah. Um, and we can t- we'll be talking about this a little bit later on, but essentially they're the way that, uh, that our donors are able to give to projects that we can issue tax receipts for. Uh, and they're ultimately the ones who, uh, who are implementing the projects on the ground. Mm-hmm. Uh, through a cons- consultation process with our project managers. Right. And so, yeah, international partners, that's a perfect way of wording it. They're agents on the field. They are not employees of Hungry for Life. Um, so we're going to get into this, but uh, we'll talk about how we find these international partners. But first, let's talk about the, the countries that we work in. So mm-hmm. I don't even know the updated number. Can you tell us how many countries we currently work in? Yeah, so 14 going on 15. Uh, we are in the process of adding a new partner, international partner in Dominican Republic. As of April, we'll have, uh, hopefully if everything goes well, we'll have signed documents for a new new partner in Dominican Republic. So can you name be, all 14? I can certainly try. Okay, go yep. for it. I, uh, we have Haiti, uh, soon to be Dominican Republic, Mexico, Peru, Guatemala, Kenya, Uganda, Malawi, Ethiopia, Philippines. That's 10. Cambodia, Ukraine, and... I wasn't even paying attention. I was counting. 12 out of 14 is pretty good. Yes. <laughs> Jason has a lot on his plate. He, he oversees all of them. So we'll give him a A- minus on that. <laughs> um, okay, so the next question, how do we find countries to work in? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, it's a loaded question. Um, ultimately, with... Hungry for Life, our mission and vision is to serve those who are most in need, is to work with the most vulnerable people around the world. So when we're looking for areas of the world to work in, we want to work where the need is. We want to partner with ministries who are on the ground or pastors or, or, lo- or international partners who are on the ground uh, working in the community. And, and countries, as everyone knows, working in a country can be very different geographically and needs-based across the country. So the difference of having a partner who's working in the capital city versus further out in the more remote areas uh, will also help dictate if this is the right fit. Right. Yes. And also, um, sometimes church groups or other groups that we have connections with will come to us and say, hey, we know so-and-so in Uganda. Mm-hmm. Um, can you can you just like run some money for us? And we're mm-hmm. like, no. Nah. Maybe not like that. Mm-hmm. So how does that work if like a church group mm-hmm. comes to us and they have somebody, but they need help facilitating mm-hmm. that? How does that work? 
Yeah, we like to say we're full service in our in our delivery method of how we work with churches and groups. So mm-hmm. we, we're not there simply to uh, channel funds, to flow funds through. Um, we're there to to walk through a church with that whole process of, of partnering with another international ministry, of being Im- involved through sending teams, through raising funds for projects. Um, and so, yeah, we want to have that complete involvement. If a... Uh, if we're in a position capacity-wise that we're looking for more countries, um, it doesn't happen very often, uh, but in the past it has happened that uh, we had a church that was looking to get involved in Dominican Republic. Mm-hmm. Um, as we were talking about previously, the security situa- situation in Haiti is such that it's been challenging for teams to be able to travel there. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we were able to add on this new partner uh, in the Dominican Republic that can, um, that can serve the, those needs. We, we use the term care and control of finances. Mm-hmm. So what exactly does that mean? And like how much care and control does Hungry for Life need to, to be accountable to CRA? Or, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So our, uh, our international partners are ultimately our agents on the ground. So that meets the requirements of uh, Revenue Canada for us to show care and control. When we send funds, there are certain documents, and we'll talk about that later, mm-hmm. of things that we need back from the international partner when we send funds. Mm-hmm. Um, you're correct. We can't be a funnel for money. We can't just simply send money from a donor overseas and uh, and hope that it, it gets spent accordingly. Revenue Canada uh, sees us as the ones who are in control of the funds and need to make sure that those funds are implemented and spent in the way that, uh, mm-hmm. that we've said they were. Um, having said that, we like to give ownership of our projects. And that's a bit of the challenge that we see. We want to empower our local churches and groups that are involved to take ownership of the projects that they are supporting. We want to see that buy-in. We want to see them get excited and passionate about the projects that they're involved in. And so we say to them, you know what, this is not our project. This is your project that you're fundraising for. So that's something that we say to them to give, to, to, to motivate them to give ownership, um, not from a CRA perspective and not from a financial perspective, but more from a project ownership. Mm-hmm. We also say the same thing to our international partners. We want to make sure that these are projects that our international partners are passionate about. These are priorities for them. This is not something that we are suggesting that they should try. Like not the North American coming in and just doing, yeah, yeah that's important. So yeah. that ownership is also there where we say, yes, Hungry for Life has the ownership and the, and the care and control of the funds, but um, this is your project. This is ultimately um, us coming alongside you to help support you in your areas of priority and need. Mm-hmm. So what is the criteria when, when you're assessing a field partner, international partner? Uh, what do you look for? Yeah. Um, again, sometimes we are assessing a new international partner because it's been given to us as a, as a lead. Uh, like we said before, we might be in a position where we're looking for more partners. Uh, and so through the word of mouth uh, chain, we're, we are looking um, for new leads or it's been given to us by a, a, another church or group. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a pre-assessment um, process that we do that doesn't involve travel at all. It's uh, something that is time consuming, a lot of background research on who is this international partner, uh, what kind of track record do they have, uh, how long have they been working in the community that they've been working who else are they partnered with? Um, if they have churches that have gone on teams with them or supported projects, connecting with some of those already um, and seeing how, how it is. So doing as much legwork before we actually go down there and, and check them out. Um, there's a lot you can learn on the internet now and on sure social is. media. Yep. And so doing that pre-assessment process, if we can check all those boxes, again, uh, we're never going to find a perfect partner. 
mm-hmm. um, just like there's no perfect church. Mm-hmm. Uh, every partner has its its pros and cons. And what we do through our pre-assessment and then our assessment process is we we assess these partners on a risk uh, scale, a scale of risk. Okay. Um, a high risk partner would be somebody uh, that would be new working in the community, a brand new partner, doesn't have much track record. Mm-hmm. Um, having said that, those are often the pioneers. So we get churches and groups that are super passionate, and excited about being the tip of the spear, working in communities, working with partners where no one else is working. Um, and we have projects like that, and we've done assessments of projects like that. But we have to be careful when we come back to to let to let that church know that in our findings. Um, here's what we found, but this is a high risk. Right. Uh, the opposite end of that spectrum would be a low risk partner in a community where they've been working for many years. They've done teams. They've got well established programs and projects. It's a sure win. Um, mm-hmm. You do your due diligence the same as 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 if it was a high risk. Um, but coming back, we can say, you know what, this this is a an absolute. Uh, low risk scenario where they're going to use the funds where they said they were. Mm-hmm. Um, so an example of that might be um, like the high risk situation might be us partnering with just a local mm-hmm. that we've obviously interviewed and such, mm-hmm. whereas a low risk might be a, an established organization, mm-hmm. a, like established nonprofit organization that's already working in that country. Right. Mm-hmm. Like we yeah. have both, like we have all sorts of international partners. Um, are all partners local people? No, absolutely not. Um, we like to work and empower local leaders. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are, we are about that. Uh, we do recognize, however, that there's we have varying um, different lo- uh, international partners. We have partners that are are both both of them are husband and wife are North American living down there as missionaries, um, and we've partnered with them with their ministry. We have others where it's uh, an indigenous pastor who we're working with that uh, is not has no Western. Uh, backing or influence. Uh, so no, there's not, uh, we don't just have one or the other. Um, but ultimately what we're looking for when we're doing that assessment is capacity and ability to be able to implement projects. Mm-hmm. So we find great ministries and organizations. I've been involved in a number of uh, assessments. Uh, some of them have gone well, some of them not so well. Um, but we're ultimately looking for a, what are they doing right now currently? What kind of things are they involved in? What have they been involved in? What are the, some of their past projects, their failures, their accomplishments? And take a look at some of that. You're basically uh, doing a SWOT analysis yeah. on, the, on the international partner. Yeah. yeah, and then moving forward from, from their past track record, some of the things they've done, uh, some of the current projects, what they're doing, looking at that pretty closely is now looking forward. And helping them walk through uh, what does the next three to five years look like. Um, from that, our project managers will develop a community development plan mm-hmm. to look at these priorities and these needs that the project that the international partner has deemed as essential, mm-hmm. um, and and then develop that as a as a three to five year community development plan. Um, that's what all. If, oh, that's, sorry. sorry, I was going to say that's all yeah. fine and dandy um, for them to have all those dreams, but if they don't have the capacity to implement those. Uh, that's the other side of the coin. Mm, um, yeah. We can find phenomenal partners with great ministries, but they are up to their necks already in projects mm-hmm. and could not. Uh, them partnering with us isn't necessarily going to mom- give them any more momentum moving forward. Do you have a preference as to uh, like what type of local or what type of international partner mm-hmm. to partner with? Like what? what maybe this is a dangerous question mm-hmm. because... You don't know who's listening. Don't know who's listening. <laughs> We're going to skip that question. But um, I know some people, like I was just 
thinking maybe mm-hmm. established organizations, are they easier to work with or are they harder to work with because of red tape? Like, you know, mm-hmm. but we can skip that if you want. I was going to say on, on that question, uh, <laughs> yeah. what has worked well is, is partnering with ministries that have some understanding of, of the Western world and have both. So both we have the, some the partners that are a married yeah. couple. Uh, he's indigenous or she is and married to a Westerner. Um, mm-hmm. It's worked well in that they know how to relate uh, when teams come, they also know what's required a little more in terms of yeah. reporting. Yeah. But you know what? We have phenomenal partners yeah, we do. on both sides. So. We really do. And yeah. I want to make that very clear. <laughs> we have really amazing, uh, I always want to say field partners. We changed the name to international partners, which is longer and harder. Thanks, Chad. Um, what, okay, so we kind of talked about this, but an assessment trip. So mm-hmm. like you talked about the pre-assessment. Mm-hmm. So once they, like, they pass the pre-assessment phase, then you hop on a plane, right? Mm-hmm. And you go meet with them. What does that look like? Yeah, it's, or, uh, or, yeah. it's a pretty loaded question. So I'll give you the short, sure. uh, the short version of that. Yeah. Um, usually the first day I schedule in just meet and greet, talking, catching up, uh, understanding who they are, um, understanding where they're from, just understanding about, about them. That would be what we would build the partner profile from if they become our partner. Mm-hmm telling us about their story. Um, and then the other side of that conversation would be who we are, who, who, who is hungry for life. Some of this would have happened beforehand, but it's just solidifying that relationship. Um, the, second, the second day or the second component to that would be, tell me a little bit about some of the projects or all the projects actually that you're involved in. Mm-hmm. Um, so we spend a day talking about it, what, what they do. And then moving from that is show, show it to me. So you've pumped up the school that you've built um, and that you're growing. Show it to me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we've I've I have varying uh, project assessments that I've done on 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 both sides that have been phenomenal, uh, awesome work, and it's exciting. You leave there going, "This is an awesome partner." To I've done assessments where you're cringing when you're coming back and you're mm-hmm. not sure how you're going to tell this church or group okay. that it's not a very so a that's good happened, fit. hey? Absolutely. Okay. Um, a lot or not no, often? Not a lot because uh, okay. of our pre-assessment process. We technically, you know, wouldn't be going too far down there if it was a really bad fit. But we did have a partner that uh, did the full assessment, and two weeks later, he moved to Costa Rica, and so that kind of that kind of uh, so, tanked that. So, <laughs> but, shoot, yeah. Okay, um, but back to um, just getting that proof yeah. of concept. So, show us some of the projects that you are doing now. I'm going to look at it. And that's where we really start diving into it. So we look at the school. We find out about how is the school funded? Uh, where are they getting the funding from? What are the teachers getting paid? Where do kids in the community go to school otherwise if they can't go to this school? Um, just diving into a lot of the deeper questions to understand. Um, I'll, often that the, the partner is going to be um, really trying to pump up the projects that they're doing. They're excited about it. And, yeah. and I give them credit for that. Yeah. But I, you have to look through it almost skeptically, almost looking at it at, um, you know, factually. Like almost uh, guilty until proven innocent kind of thing yeah, versus pro- other way around. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, like I said, everyone's going to want to show their best mm-hmm. and hide hide everything. So while I'm meeting with the partner and looking at the school, I'm often talking to the teachers or talking to the principal, talking to the students. Mm-hmm. How do you like this school? Yeah. Uh, how do you enjoy going to school here? Um, you know, how, you know, even looking at teacher salaries and stuff, how does that compare to other schools or, or, or other things? Looking at the report cards from kids and looking at the track record. You get of that nitty gritty, hey? Yeah. Okay. Looking at pulling up the reports and, and taking a look at how the school is doing. Again, it depends on the project and how wide the scope of the ministry they are doing. If there's a lot of areas of ministry, 
that, that assessment could take quite a while. Mm-hmm. If it's if this is just a school, uh, maybe you're drilling a lot more into that school. The partner's always going to want to also look, keep coming back to what they want to do down the road. And so I, I tend to keep pushing that off and tell them, we're going to come back to that. Let's just look right now what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if it's a school, they often do feeding. They feed the children. So we look at that. Where do you get the food from? How often do they eat? Where do you get the money from that? Um, and we start building budgets based on what their current projects are and what their current project needs are. Mm-hmm. Um, from there, I usually go on to show me some of the things that you've done in the past. Uh, successes first and then some failures. So they show me a well that they drilled that is no longer working. Okay. Uh, why isn't it working? And we go through some of those those things. What have you learned from that? Is, it, is that not a, a project priority for you anymore? Okay. Uh, why are you not drilling wells anymore? Uh, looking at some of the success, successes, you know, agriculture that they may have been doing to support the school. Um, what's worked well? How is that working for you? Why, if this is a past project, why are you not continuing to do it? Mm. It's often due to funding. Yeah. Um, and so from that, we're kind of building a lens of here's what, who this partner is, here's what they're doing, uh, here's some of the current opportunities and the budgets for that, and then moving in to the last stage of the, of the, of the uh, assessment, which is what are some of your dreams? What are some of the priorities and things moving forward? Um, some of partners, they've never thought of that. It's very organic for them. They didn't think of ever starting a university. Right. Um, they kind of started a small ministry and it slowly They're thinking grew. about tomorrow. Yes. Yeah. So helping them think through some of the dreams, some of the goals, some of the things they feel God calling them to, and that's more of a consultation with them. Other ministries, they've got it all figured out. They know exactly where they want to go and what they want to do, and that makes they it easy. They just need partners, yeah. They just need funding and partners for that. Right. Um, but helping them just look at that. Um, and, and sometimes that's, that can be very critical, too, uh, because I've had partners that want to build a, uh, or quick to want to build a medical clinic. Um, and as you start talking through with them, how are you going to staff this medical clinic? Where are you going to get the operational costs for? Uh, what kinds of illnesses are you primarily seeing? Um, and so one example in northern Haiti, it was primarily waterborne diseases that they were seeing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so helping with uh, providing concrete floors in homes and helping with providing clean drinking water would have would be able to eliminate almost 60% of the, mm. the, the cases that they would see. Right. So they were not as quick. Uh, to, to want to build a medical clinic after they learned, learned that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, this might be a silly question, but so you go like every, we have 15 different countries. That's a lot of different cultures mm-hmm. that you're working with. So yeah. it, there's definitely not a one size fits all. So how do you go in um, to, to a different country's culture and help them develop a plan? And how much of your North American bias do you remove out of that equation? Mm-hmm. Yeah, excellent. Um, you're exactly right. Every country has a very unique culture, very unique history. Um, but I like to say people are the same everywhere. Uh, people have the same fundamental needs. Yes, um, I guess the, so. the need for housing, the need for shelter, the need for spiritual care, the need for their physical poverty to be able to eat, to be able to get an education. Mm-hmm. Those things are the same all around the world. The priorities of those needs might be different based on culture, based on country you're going to. Um, so yes, absolutely. Our project managers and myself, we do a lot of research and work in culture, what's appropriate before we go. Mm-hmm. Um, looking at the history of the country, if this is a new country, we build a country profile first and the cultural profile to look at why is this country the way it is and try to help understand that. But then when meeting with that partner, 
Um, it's, it doesn't matter what culture it is. It's, it's about listening to them first. It's not about coming to them with our solutions or our ideas. So there's a lot of times I need to bite my tongue. Mm. A lot of times I need to hold myself back because I can see a solution, yeah. but it's not my place, especially not in this assessment process to offer a solution. Um, doesn't mean that we can't help suggest ideas and help think things, think, think through things. Uh, but in this assessment, it's, it's really listening to them and giving them the floor uh, to, to help explain who they are, why they're doing what they're doing, what their projects are, and what kind of opportunities there might be for churches to engage. It's a really good way to even break down barriers and build a mm. um, relationship with them too. Just sit and listen, right? Yeah. Uh, what are some red flags? Um, lots, of, lots of red flags. What are like the top ones that mm. kind of come up a lot? Um, I do something... And I don't know if this is like giving the cat out of the bag. I do something a little bit sneaky. Don't when, give our secrets away. Yeah, when I'm, I'm uh, on the field is I'll test the partners or potential partners. Uh, something as simple as giving them some cash to go buy something okay. um, for for me or for, for the project. Uh, going down and, and paying for a little feeding program for the day mm-hmm. um, and seeing what they do with it. Okay. Do I get receipts back? Mm-hmm. Do I get the full amount in receipts. Is this receipt a little handwritten thing that they've given? Maybe that's all that's available. Or is this actually uh, an invoice from the local vendor who they purchased the food from? Um, How quick are they to provide, you know, reporting on this photo or show it to me? Mm -hmm. Show me where the feeding is. Um, So testing them out to see how how well they handle that. So red flags. uh, Yes, I've had it before where you give money and, and... the end of the trip comes and yeah. that money still hasn't been spent and okay yeah we can go down a track that is not really good that way right um all of our partners need development though so just because there's a red flag doesn't mean that we won't or can't work with them sure. it just means that we need to to watch for this uh the other red flag is a lot of times our international partner potential international partners are looking for money they're looking for funds they're looking for people to come down with money um and that's not how we operate either we don't just provide funds. We want relationship. We want to have a long-term partnership. And while that's exciting for them, um, if they're continually just trying to sell a project and just sell to try to get funds, right. um, we're going, you know what, as an organization, we don't have money. We strategically find partners right. and we would like to look for a, a local partner, or a church business group that would fit within the projects that you have mm-hmm. and your al- alignment of your ministry um, and partner your guys together. So. Um, what's the importance of ongoing monitoring and how often do RPMs get to certain countries on, mm-hmm. on their feet on the ground? Yeah. Uh, we target once a year for our project managers. Um, sorry, I should back up. We target once a year for an HFL staff member to be on the ground. Okay. Uh, ideally it's our project manager. Sometimes, um, our, there's a team going down and, uh, and it might be the MFC or someone else that's traveling down that can do the monitoring for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, with COVID, it's definitely uh, been reduced with our travel. Um, and so we're, we're, we've been getting back into that and we're getting closer and closer to traveling to all the countries that are, are open with travel restrictions. Mm-hmm. Um, but we like, to, we like to do once a year at minimum to be able to spend time with a partner, to be able to build into them. Uh, to be able to do some further training if there's needed to be, uh, and also to check up on the projects. Yeah. Uh, so. Yeah. So let me see here. You did a very good job of explaining all that, Jason. Thank you. What does CRA require of Hungry for Life? Because mm. that's a big one. I think a lot mm. of like churches may not understand the depths of yeah. 
of despair of CRA (laughs) requirements. Yeah. So, I mean, that is one of the most intimidating things for groups to go, hey, let's find somewhere on our own and go partner with them versus Mm -hmm. let's utilize HFL. So understanding, I mean, we've only spent a couple minutes talking about our assessment process that actually lasts a week or more. And I I could spend hours talking about and diving into what we look for. So utilizing HFL uh, where we have systems built that we can meet the Canadian revenue um, requirements um, and also be transparent with the funds that are going to various projects to our donors who are giving money. Uh, Canada Revenue, uh, what we provide them is uh, receipts, original receipts for every dollar spent. So when uh, five goats are purchased in Haiti for $50 a goat, $250 is wired down, Mm -hmm. uh, we need to provide receipts for all those goats purchased. Um, there might be some transportation costs for those goats. Uh, there might be some, le- you know, registration costs for the registration of those goats, depending on the rules. But ultimately, we would receive receipts that would um, equal the amount of the amount sent. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the first thing. The second thing is those. Go ahead. How hard is it to get those receipts <laughs> from field part- international yeah. partners? Uh, it can be extremely expen- uh, <laughs> uh, challenging. So. Um, I can imagine. Yeah. Okay. When I travel around, I have a receipt book with me. Okay. And I educate our international partners that you need to do the same thing. Use a receipt book where you can't get receipts. But we need to have a receipt. So that's the first check because um, we all know you can fake receipts. um, Mm -hmm. And and so we have other checks and balances to make sure that we're not getting swindled. Mm -hmm. Uh, Ongoing monitoring is one of them. We would need to go down uh, semi-regularly and see some of the projects that are happening. So let's show me these goats that, yeah. that was purchased last year. Yeah. Uh, the second thing is those receipts all get entered into a project expense log, uh, an Excel spreadsheet. This is the super boring part, but needed where all the receipts are itemized in there um, with receipt number, the amount, what it was for, and it goes into our expense log. Uh, the next thing is we need a written report. Uh, where, where did this money go to? Explain to me. What, what the impact of this money was for. It's this is not a CR, as much of a CRA requirement as much as uh, due diligence on our part, sure. also for our donors. Yeah. Uh, so this can be something as simple as we, we bought three goats in the village of this. These were given to these families um, and they were super excited about it. You know, here's a little quote from them. Okay. It can also be an impact story that's shared, a life change story that's shared because of whatever the funds were. Mm-hmm. The next thing is photos. We need a photo uh, of the, whatever the funds went to. Okay. Uh, so a photo of each of the goats or a photo of the three families receiving their goat. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the final thing is bank statements. We need a, a bank statement at least annually to show that the money came into their account oh. uh, as a wire transfer and that the money went out of their account. Okay. So between all those things, uh, it's That's pretty hard. Yeah. We are hiring for the project department. <laughs> <laughs> Kidding, but not. Am yeah. I? <laughs> yeah, that's an extensive process and it's lengthy. And yeah. we're, you said this is the boring part. And now I know why you hired your wife. There you go. To do all my administration work. She does. She's a blessed soul. And that's kind of the, the <laughs> back to the, the boring part. That's kind of the, the final stage. I know I said the final stage was looking at future projects with the assessment, mm-hmm. but really uh, a, a quite a bit of time can be spent with our new potential international partner going over. You know what's required of of 
of Hungry for Life and of Revenue Canada mm-hmm. and training them on that. So this might be the first time I've had uh, assessments where the first time they ever touched a laptop was when I had to walk them through how to fill in an expense log. Oh boy. And we're literally yeah. going down to the shop, buying them a little laptop okay. or tablet, yeah. loading on Excel on there, loading our document and training them, teaching them how to fill in receipts. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. How to make how to make receipts and get them signed by the different vendors. Um, how to take decent photos. I mean, that's something that we always struggle with. Um, yes. uh, so yeah, there's a, a lot, a lot can be on that back end as well to, uh, to do that education piece with them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, as I've learned, I've worked here for a couple of years and I learned something new here today. It's very extensive. That's a lot of reporting, but yeah, the purpose of this podcast was just to, uh, show our viewers, our donors, our listeners that there is a lot of care and control that goes into projects. They're monitored well. And, um, that, I don't know. That's, it's just kind of part of our process that we wanted to share with our people. So that's, unless you had any like other secrets you wanted to share. I don't want to share all the secrets. No, don't, don't share all the secrets. They're ours. You'll have to come work here if you want to know more. (laughs) Anyways, um, that's all we got for today. So thanks, Jason. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening to What in the World, where we seek to educate and inspire. Here at Hungry for Life, we are passionate about your group having a global impact in eradicating needless suffering. For more information, head over to our website at hungryforlife.org. And you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and wherever you may listen to podcasts. Tune in every other week for another conversation about what is happening at Hungry for Life.